Gentlemen, I just want to remind you that the countdown is on. You have somewhere between 24 and 36 hours to do what you know, what you know you need to do. Now, technically, you have less time than that. Technically, you have about 15 hours. But if any of you decides that you're going to wake up your spouse at midnight to hand her a vase of flowers, I'll come visit you in the hospital. But really, we're getting close to Valentine's Day. February 14th is the day for candy and cards, for flowers and teddy bears. We celebrate Valentine's by sharing heart-shaped candy, by preparing homemade meals, and by passing out store-bought cards featuring superheroes and my favorite, Snoopy. Can you remember back in the day when you would have those little, little pref- how would you say that word? You perforated cards and you'd kind of tear them and you'd have the little, little Snoopy, little Woodstock up there and you would say things like, be mine, be my Valentine. I mean, it was just such a, a special time back then. Well, I just want to spend a few minutes and ask the question that maybe some of you have asked. What really is Valentine's Day all about, and why do we call it Valentine's? Well, I did a little research, as probably some of you have over the years, and I've learned that St. Valentine was a priest in Rome who was imprisoned for ministering to persecuted Christians. So there were Christians who were being persecuted, they were thrown in prison, and so he thought, hey, what, what better way to show Jesus than to minister to these people who are being persecuted? And so what did Rome do to people who ministered to persecuted people? They became persecuted themselves. So ultimately, he was persecuted as a Christian. He was interrogated by the Roman Emperor Claudius II, uh, and he was ultimately in prison. Now, Valentine had a discussion uh, with the emperor, and the emperor Claudius attempted to get him to convert to Roman paganism in order to save his life. Valentine refused, and he was, and uh, although he uh, was, they attempted to convert him, he did not. Instead, he tried to convert Claudius to Christianity. Uh, because of this, he was executed. Now, there is also some myth and lore around St. Valentine. Others believe that possibly before his execution, he's reported to have performed a miracle by healing Julia, the blind daughter of his jailer, Asterius. The jailer, his daughter, and the 46 members of their family, of their household, came to believe in Jesus and were baptized. This is the story of St. Valentine. Now, a little bit more, if we want to add to this, this kind of explains the cards and the heart-shaped gifts that we give. On the evening before Valentine was to be executed, he is supposed to have written his uh, first Valentine card himself, addressing it to the daughter of his jailer, Asterius, who was no longer blind, and he signed it, Your Valentine. Another embellishment suggests that St. Valentine performed clandestine Christian weddings for soldiers who were forbidden to marry. 
The Roman emperor uh, supposedly forbade uh, this order in order to grow his army. He thought if a soldier has his wife, he's going to be thinking more about home and less about fighting. And so he told all his soldiers, you can't get married. And apparently Valentine said, that's not right. And he would do these secret weddings so that these soldiers could get married. That, of course, did not go well with the emperor either. According to this legend, in order to remind these men of their vows and of God's love, St. Valentine is said to have cut hearts from parchment. Kids, that's paper in case you didn't know. Giving them to the soldiers and the persecuted Christians. uh, A possible origin of the widespread use of the heart on St. Valentine's Day. So pretty interesting. Now, I just want to talk about that for just a minute because like everything that we do in America, we, we've kind of put our little twist on it, whether it's uh, Thanksgiving or Halloween or in this case, Valentine's Day. We've kind of lose the origin of why it was started in the first place. And most people, when they think about giving the little, the little Valentine gift that has the superhero on it, we don't always think about that it was named after someone who gave his life in order to show love and Jesus to people. But here's the real big thing about Valentine's Day. Valentine's is an opportunity for us to be reminded that love is an action. It motivates thoughts. Now, James is going to talk a little bit about love. But he's going to do it in a little bit more judgmental and a little less poetic way than that maybe Valentine would suggest. But listen to this. This comes from James chapter 2. He says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister goes without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs. What good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by actions, is dead. But some of you will say, I have faith. Excuse me, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that, and they shudder. And so what James is really saying here is, okay, you can talk about faith or you can talk about love, but if if it's not accompanied with actions, it's not really faith and it's not really love. You can say, oh, well, I, I love my spouse or I love my children or I love my parents or I love my country. But if, if you're not willing to do anything for that spouse or that child or that your country, then is it love? Whether we examine the words of the New Testament, the counsel of a psychologist, or the life of Jesus, they all reveal the same truth. Love is an action. This is something I often share with new couples as uh, we go through premarital counseling. And of course, at the wedding ceremony, we talk about this idea of what love is. And although we often speak that love is a feeling, it's something so much more. 
a lot of people, especially younger people, you talk about love and, and they'll talk about, oh, it's something like butterflies in the stomach or it's the tingling in the toes or maybe, you know, the stars in our eyes. But the truth is, love is more than that. It's more than just a feeling that you have. It fuel, it's the fuel that moves our feet. It's the fuel that extends our hands, and it's the fuel that sometimes causes us to close our mouth. Because love dictates what we say and what we don't say. It dictates what we do and what we don't do. The Beatles say that all you need is love. And the Apostle Paul says, without love... Everything is nothing. It's useless. In fact, listen to these words. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clinging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give my body over to hardship that I may boast, but I don't have love, I gain nothing. Now he's going to go on to talk about what love is. But in this first part of 1 Corinthians 13, he says, listen, if you don't have love, everything means nothing. It's useless. You gain nothing. It's not worth anything. We are called to love, but love requires action. As we continue on in our series of inviting God into our life, into our finances, into our daily uh, minute-by-minute actions, this morning I want to encourage you to consider inviting God into your relationships. And so for just a few minutes, I want to address the the younger people in the audience. And I'm not going to give you a number. You can decide what you think younger is. And if you feel younger or look younger or want to pretend, that's fine. Maybe this will apply to you. But I want to speak specifically to our young men and women for just a minute. I want you to know that love is not just how you treat your favorite teacher. It's how you treat the mean sub that's going to be at your school tomorrow. Love is not just how you laugh with your best friend, but it's how you don't laugh at your worst enemy. Love is not just how you speak to your your boyfriend or girlfriend on a date, but how you speak to your parents and your siblings at home. Love is not something that we can say we reserve it for only a certain person or a certain time or a certain day of the year. But we are called to love all people. Okay, so for those of you who maybe don't identify with the younger crowd, these next few statements are for you. And so I'll I'll just call this the the post-high school audience. 
If you're not walking up and down the halls, I don't want to say old. I will say mature for our mature folks here this morning. Love is not just how you treat those above you, but how you treat those below you. And I'm talking specifically in a work context of the things that we will say and do to be kind to our boss. But then also, how do we treat our subordinates? Love is not just how you talk to your spouse on Friday night when you're out at dinner, but how you speak to her on a Monday or, or dare I say Sunday morning when you're running late. I mean, some of the most toxic conversations can happen in the car on the way to church on a Sunday morning. And guys, I know it's romantic to say sweet, nice things to your spouse on Friday night when you take her out to dinner. But how do you speak to her when you're not sitting there at a candlelight dinner with a big piece of steak in front of you what really is love love is not so much about the people you like it's about the people you don't like that's what love is really about jesus is going to talk about it he's going to talk about hey you know what you want to be nice to your friends big whoop he says look at the pharisees they're nice to the people that they like but if you want to follow me, you need love and compassion and grace and forgiveness to the people that you don't like, to the ones that annoy you, the ones that are hurtful and hateful to you. That's really what love is. Love is not about a, a contest of, of who you like the most or the people who can help you out in life. In fact, Jesus is going to go so far to say, when you have a dinner, don't invite all the people that are rich and that are popular, the people that you like. Invite the people that are lowly, the ones that are poor, that, that they could never invite you to a party because they would never have the means to do it. Those are the people who you should bring in. Those are the people that you should love. You see, we can learn a lot about people by how they treat others and I wonder how much do people learn about Jesus by the way we treat others years and years ago and I, I want to address the the young ladies for just a, a minute years and years ago I, I was in high school and we were taking a dating class can't remember if it was I believe is at church and one of the things uh, that somebody said that really stuck out to me one of the adults said now listen ladies he said he said if if the the boy is nice to you but he's not nice to the waitress he's not a nice guy folks this is this is going to hurt a little bit. But I, I think this is what Jesus would say. If he could tweak that just a little bit. He would say, if Christians are nice to the people they sit next to in church, 
but they're not nice to their neighbor or their waitress or their coworker. They're not really Christians. They're not really following Jesus. Jesus chose to love the unlovable. Love shapes our thoughts, it crafts our words, and it motivates our actions. But if you want to follow Jesus, if you really want to follow Jesus, you are called to love everyone. So our verse for this week that we introduced this last Monday, the one that we've been praying and meditating and memorizing, comes from 1 John chapter 4. And actually, our verse for the week was only the first few verses, but I want to expand this out so that you can hear a little bit more what John is saying in regards to love. Many of these words will sound familiar to you because we just sang them. It's beautiful, it's inspiring, and it's really challenging. Listen to what John says. He says, Dear friends, let us love one another because love, what? It comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And this, this is how God showed His love among us. He sent His only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and He sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and His love is made complete in us. And then we get down to verse 19, and this is where it really gets hard to read. Listen to this. We love because He first loved us. Whoever claims to love God, yet hates his brother or sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen, cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. I hope you're excited for Valentine's Day. Guys, I, I hope you're, you're planning something special for, for your spouse or your girlfriend to let them know that you care for them. But I don't believe that as Christians, we should celebrate love on, on one day to one person and not to anyone else any other time. I mean, if we want to follow Jesus, we have to be willing to love all people. How long would it take for you to think of that one person you don't want to love? You already have that name in your head. You've already pictured them in your mind, haven't you? Is there that one person? Maybe that two people? Maybe somebody you work with? Maybe somebody you live with? If we want to follow Jesus, it means that we love 
the people we don't always like. In Matthew 25, he's going to refer to them as the, the least of these. Who are those that we can love? And so this week, I just want to challenge you. And I think it really is a challenge. It is certainly for me. But I want to ask you to forgive others in the same way that God has forgiven you. I want to encourage you to offer the same grace to the people that you don't like as for the people that you do like. And this week, I encourage you to offer yourselves as living sacrifices and to love this world just like Jesus does. We talk a lot about love and we witnessed a lot of hate that's taken place over the last several years. The decline has been steep and harsh and we're living in a time where we're looking for ways to hate, for reasons to divide. But we're followers of Jesus. Jesus came into the world to love it and to show kindness, to encourage, to challenge, to change, to humble himself in such a way so that lowly sinners like us have an opportunity to experience the love of God. And he calls us to love others as well. And so this week, Let's show forgiveness and grace and love just like Jesus. And let's celebrate Valentine's Day every day to all people so that God might be glorified. I want to encourage you to do that this morning as we stand and sing.